amazing group of people. Well, let's dive into the main course, all right? And the main course is one, one serving. It's just Jesus. That's it. So I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. We have been in the series called Let's Eat. We've been talking about the recipe for healthy homes, but it's not just about homes. It's about being healthy men, healthy husbands, healthy, healthy women, healthy wives, healthy individuals in Jesus. It really does relate to everything. And so I want to encourage you to go listen to the series. Last, uh, last week, Pastor Kerry, didn't he do a great job on teaching scripturally for a blended family? I tell you, I just, I love to hear him teach. I really do. I get so blessed. And, uh, and, and last week before that, we talked about combination. We had combination, not low main, but combination low men. On um, When we go down, everything goes up along with us. The glory of God goes up. Your family goes up, your kids go up, but you have to bring yourself down low like Jesus. And boy, go listen to it. You gotta listen to everything in its whole context, okay? So those of you watching online, this is your first time, get on just while you're jogging, whatever you're doing, working, go listen to it. It is just incredible teaching. Today, I'm gonna talk about uh, something that I think is gonna bless now the wives. Amen. It's gonna bless all the women in here today. I think you're gonna be blessed by this, amen? I don't have the word of knowledge, but I'm, but I'm pretty good at reading faces, so I hope it blesses you. Amen. <laughs> now, I want to tell you about something, though, as we're, we're talking about this, is we're talking about healthy Jesus followers. On September 10th and September 11th, we're going to have some very special guests here. Uh, the former professional baseball player, many of you brothers may know, Daryl Strawberry, and his wife, uh, Dr. Tracy Strawberry, will be with us over that weekend. And if any of you have watched some of what God has taken him through, both he and his wife, and how the Spirit of God totally changed the trajectory of their life, it is absolutely powerful. The weekend's going to be called Finding Your Way, and it's really about overcoming. And when you listen to their story, there were some pretty traumatic things to overcome, pretty destructive things, and how God did it. And it's all about how do I rewrite my story? So this is a special event for men and women, and there's going to be two specials. There's the, the, it's, going, it's from 8.30 till noon on Saturday, September 10th. There's Daryl Strawberry to be speaking to the men, and his wife, Dr. Tracy Strawberry, will be speaking to all the women. And then on Sunday morning, they're both going to be sharing the word from the pulpit on that Sunday morning. And I'm telling you folks, I would sign up to, I would sign up no matter what stage of your life at just to let them pour and hear their story and then scripturally how God can do the same for you. And the ticket is $15. It's $15 for the ticket for that Sunday. Uh, and what's that? For the Saturday. For the Saturday. For the Saturday. $15 for the Saturday. It's $100 for the Sunday. For the... <laughs> Our CFO said, all right, Pastor. We are a nonprofit ministry. We need help. By the way, let me just say, thank you all for being so faithful through the summer. And I know a lot of people take their giving on vacation with them and then use it to go buy some Mickey Mouse ears. But I want to thank you for honoring God and for those of you staying faithful and those of you watching online for being so faithful through the summer months when so many people just forget and go on vacation and they forget that the work of God has to be done. And thank you for being faithful, church. Can I just tell you that? Thank you. How many thankful that you have a generous church even during the summer months? 
Back to what I was saying, if you want to, just get your app out right now and just go to the app or the website and you can purchase your ticket there for that Saturday event for the men and for the women. And uh, there's childcare available too. You can't buy childcare for 15 bucks. And breakfast. <laughs> I thought the Dutch would be running the aisles right now over that one. I just, what happened? Did we lose all our Dutch people? What happened here? Amen. But it's going to be a blessing to you. And really, our church, the church wants to invest in you as a man, as a woman, even as a husband and a wife and your family for teenagers, young adults. We want to invest in you. Please make a $15 investment in your life because you think you're worth it. Because God thinks you're worth it. Okay? So Saturday, be there. Everybody say, be there. Great, great job. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. This has been our overarching scripture over the series, Let's Eat. Here's Joshua. He's at the end of his life. He's not speaking as a commander-in-chief or a CFO of a company or the one that commands troops, which he did all that. He's conquered nations. They've entered it. They're living in the blessings of the promised land. And now he's telling him, if you want to see the favor of God, it's not because of military might. It's not because of military strategy. It's not because you're a wise investor or you know how to operate a business. He said, this is the key to walking in God's blessing. And he says this, he talks as a dad. Choose for yourselves today <clears throat> whom you will serve. Pick it, choose it. Whether the gods <clears throat> which your father served which are beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Listen closely, it's really great when we can all live in this cocoon of just being with a bunch of Christians all day long and we're sharing scriptures, praying for each other, speaking in tongues and prophesying over each other. That's really cool. But he's saying, you don't live in that kind of environment then, and church, you don't live in that kind of environment now. But he said, there is a distinction among the unbeliever that they will see in you that is different than what they are, than what they are bound in, and they know it. It's not working for them. He says, but as for me, I'm not going to tell my husband to change. I'm not going to tell my wife to change. Or my parents need to change. and They need to get with it and be more trendy. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can, can we say that line together? Let's say it together in, in, in faith. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So today we're going to talk about doing something in this recipe for healthy lives, healthy believers. And today... I do want to talk to all of the wives, the ladies here, the women, both married and single. But men, I want you to hear this as well because you're going to need this. And today, what I'm going to be talking about is salty surrender. How many of you love salt in your food? How many of you doctor told you no more? Don't you just resent him for doing that? But he also knew something of that you do have to have salt to stay healthy in your body. You do have to have a measure of salt. You do. But you can also take too much salt and be detrimental and harm your body. And this is kind of what it is. Salt is a seasoning that you put too much of it, it becomes unpalatable. Put too little of it, it becomes bland. Too little of it, you don't stay healthy. Too much of it, it can destroy your body. There has to be this right blend of bringing submission. It's, that's why I call it salty surrender. Submission is similar. It's the same thing. The right amount can cause the marriage to be so thriving and healthy if it has the right amount. 
Write them out. But if there's too much of the salt, it can make a wife feel like a doormat, sir. Like a doormat. And as a result, resentment is in your marriage. Because I've watched spiritual people use this in the wrong way just because they wanted to have control. And it doesn't just work for the husband. I've seen it happen this other way where the wife puts it on the husband. Too little of it, then it leads to strife in your home. Strife with your children. Too little of it. It's strife in the marriage. And now it's not, it's not so much resentment, but there's reproach in the marriage. And so as we go on this and we talk, and, and, and ladies, I want to speak to you, but men, we, we, we're, in, we're still in this mix, just like the ladies were in the mix when we talked about combination low men. It's a mix. The Bible teaches this mutual submission toward each other. It does teach it. Let me, let me go to Ephesians chapter 5. Look what it says. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Isn't that good? Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. In fact, what it's really saying is, Sam, the mutual submission that you show to Jesus Christ and even to your wife is really not for Brenda at all. It's your response to Christ. It's not even your response to your husband. It's what your response is to Christ. And we understand that true submission, biblical submission, because the world has the wrong concept of submission, everybody. They've got it all twisted and it's messed up. They, here's their picture of submission. Their submission is, you got a boss, he's watching over you, you better get it right. That is not true biblical submission. That's what the world, that's what sin does. Sin does that. Before sin, did you notice that here was, here was Adam and Eve and here they were in the garden and they would report to the Lord every day everything they did. They were naked and not ashamed that they were naked. <sighs> Come on. You walked by the mirror this morning out of getting out of the shower and you said, oh, Jesus, heal me now. You would <laughs> heal me, Jesus. You don't even like your own body. They were not ashamed of their bodies. There was no sin. And what were they doing? They were reporting all the time to God. And so God, so, so it wasn't I have to extract information and the Lord lording down. It was they couldn't wait to tell him everything of the day. But when sin came in, guess what had to happen? He had to go hunt them down. He had to go find them. And now fear had made its way into the relationship. Fear comes in. So submission is never a downward relationship. It should be an upward relationship where I'm constantly giving myself. I'm giving myself up to this person all the time. And so when you get true biblical submission, guess what happens? It brings glory of God. He's elevated. Glory comes. People start seeing it because they just hadn't seen this in the workplace or in their home, in their own marriages, in the history of their marriages, and their family. They've never seen it. And it releases blessing into their life. And I want to say this. It's not just for marriages, but whether you're married or single, this principle still applies to you. And maybe the reason why blessings aren't being released in your life is maybe you have the wrong biblical, you have the wrong view of submission what God intended. So this is, this is going to be absolutely powerful. And, and, and how many know we need blessing in our marriages? And a lot of blessing comes into my family because of this lady right here. I'm serious. I'm serious. My wife. A lot of blessing comes in your family because of your wife. And I'll just be honest with you. No one labors under a higher expectation than wives do. I'm telling you. I mean, they've got to be wife to the husband. They've got to be mom to the kids. 
They have to be a nurse to that child. They have to be the chef. They have to be the cleaner. They have to be the money manager. They have to be the taxi driver to all the soccer games. They are all of that. And then on top of that, some of you ladies are working a full-time job on top of that. There is no higher expectation than to put on wives in marriage relationships. And that's the truth. So girls, I want to just, just give you just a little release valve for a moment. The great news for every wife and every potential wife in this room. Got any potential wives in here? Say something. The, the potential husbands are listening. Say something, girls. The, the potential husbands are looking. I have great news for you. This teaching is not going to add more pressure on you. What it's going to do, it's going to take the pressure off of you because it's going to help you narrow down the key to your husband's heart. Now, men have a lot of essential needs. And let me just kind of, they, they, they you know, kind of their essential needs. There are essential needs that, that men or husbands, I should say, have. They, they really do. Companionship is really high up on that list. Someone that they can just enjoy, play, recreate with. It's really high up there, believe it or not. And it, believe it or not, you may think it's sex, but it really is companionship, someone they can really engage life with. It's the top thing for men. And, well, number two is sexual intimacy for the husband. And lots of it. I'm just saying, you're in church. Why not say it? Amen? Did God create it or not? All right, don't let the world pervert it, okay? Sex between a husband and wife is great. When you understand the biblical context of it, I'm telling you, it, it, it make the world, never mind. Let's move on. You can tell I love talking about sex. Amen. The other thing he needs is admiration. But do you know what his top number one thing that he needs? The number one thing above admiration, above sex, and companionship for play? You know what the top thing is? His number one thing is, I'm, am I honored and respected? When you strip a man of honor and respect, I'm telling you, the house is coming down. It's going to fall apart. I'm just trying to show you just to narrow it down because there's so many things you've got to spend in all these plates with kids and everything. But this one thing that he wants the most is just to be honored and respected. doesn't mean that he has to be right all the time, but respected and simply honored. So let me show you something that will bring such blessing to you Take pressure off you, but put much blessing on you, your family, and especially elevate you. So here, here's a couple of things. Write these down. Number one, wives are, are to empower their husband's position. Their husband's position. Now look at uh, Colossians 3.18. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to those who belong to the Lord. Everybody say, your husband. Notice it does not say, submit to every man. There's some people who want to twist that just because you're a man, you got to submit to you. That's not what it says. It says to your own husbands. Submit to your own husband. Uh, you, come on, you, how many of you meet some of these guys, good night, you give them an inch, they think they're a ruler. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? That's not what it's saying here. He's saying there's something powerful that happens in your life and in your husband's life and in your marriage that is so profound when you empower the position that God has placed them in. Because submission is really a spiritual issue. 
I know a lot of people have made it a social issue or a philosophical issue. It is truly a spiritual issue when we understand submission, and not just in the context of wives and husbands. I'm telling you in the context of your submission to God in authority and things around you. It is powerful. Because submission literally it means to place under. That's what submission means. It's not in your notes, but put it in there. It means to place under. It's, it's like a submarine. Just think of a submarine for a moment. A submarine submerges under the water. And that's what this really means, is that you take your mission of life and you submerge that under God and say, I'm putting it, my will and my mission under God. I'm following him and I'm putting it underneath my spouse. You know, when we have that kind of heart to say, I submerge, my mission is life is to submit to God and to submit and, and mutually submit and honor and submerge to help bring the mission of my husband up or the mission of my wife up, guess what? Everything starts elevating. It just simply means to submerge, to bring under. And if you serve your spouse's mission, your own mission will be fulfilled. It's crazy wild how it works. And you gotta have this. How many of you have to have this? How many, how many have ever coached any kind of sport before? Any, ladies, men, you've coached any kind of sport. I'm gonna tell you, if you didn't have submission to leadership, you'd lose control of your team. My goodness, it's tough enough to round a bunch of five-year-olds for a soccer game. My goodness, if you don't have it there, I mean, you lose control. If, if, listen, if an, if, if an officer doesn't have this with his troops, he loses control. Think about it. all you teachers. If you don't have that authority in your classroom, you lose control. Chaos is in your classroom. And it's the same way in the home. If there is not this submission to God to submerge it and then say, my heart is to submerge my mission to see your mission elevate, can I tell you something, friends? If we don't have that, there is chaos, confusion, and destruction in the home. And God made it really easy. How many thank God God puts everything very simple? He doesn't go crazy. He just gives everything simple. And his instruction to the family is so simple and yet so incredible. And it's really simple. Here it is. This is what he tells you. Just write it down in your app. It's real simple. He tells husbands, love. Love your wives like Christ loved the church and died for it. He says, wives, respect. This is so easy. He said, parents, here's your job. Train. You're not to be buddied. Sometimes you've got to lead when you're not liked. I stopped trying to be liked when raising kids. Train your kids. And then he says, children, here's your job. Obey. That's as simple as you can get it. Husbands love, wives respect, parents train, children obey your parents. And when that begins to happen, you are going to see some fruit and blessing come. It doesn't mean it's perfect, but you're going to see fruit and blessing and peace come on the house. And husbands, this is not something that you are to force on your wife. You cannot force submission on your wife. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot force submission on your wife. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Now, your children, children, you got to obey your parents. And you should be disciplined. Children should be disciplined that are living in your home. And in that age category, they should be disciplined if they don't follow your, your, your direction and your leadership. But you cannot force your wife to submit. You cannot force her. And she should not be disciplined if she doesn't. It won't work. It won't work. And submission is not absolute. Guys, listen. Submission is not absolute if we're asking our wives to do something that is contrary to the word of God. 
You're not, you know, they're not expected to. It's, it is as fitting to the Lord. As you're following the Lord, they want to follow you. And this doesn't infer. Listen, when, when, when the word talks about submitting to hus, uh, hus, wives submitting to husband, this doesn't infer that, that women are inferior to men. This not, that doesn't infer that one bit. Not at all. Submission means to adapt. Everybody say adapt. That's what it means. It means to adapt. You're not a doormat, everybody. Doesn't mean you don't have an opinion. Doesn't, doesn't mean that you don't have a voice. That does, it doesn't mean that you're a doormat, please. It doesn't mean you're inferior to men when it comes to submission. Submission is not inferiority just as authority is not superiority. Just because you have a title doesn't make you better than anybody else. And submission is not inferiority just as authority is not superior. In fact, you can't have submission and authority until you have equals. You can't have them unless you have equals. Let me show you what I'm talking about for a moment. Okay, let me ask you this. How many want to be like Jesus? It's a good time to raise your hand. How many want to be like Jesus? Okay. When you study the scripture, and you can go through it, God the Son is both co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father. It's there. Study it. You don't believe me? Go to John 5, 18. That's the reason they crucified him. It was the religious crowd that was looking for Messiah that killed Messiah because when Jesus Christ said that he was co-equal, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's why they killed him. Yet in Scripture, watch this, so he's co-equal with God. You cannot have submission, you can't have it, until you have equals. Watch this. Yet here you find in Scripture, while Jesus Christ is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's getting ready to be crucified for saying that he's co-equal with God, guess what happens? He's in the Garden and Jesus is always willing to submit and submerge his will under the Father's will. And you hear him saying in the Garden of Gethsemane, listen to this, not my will, Father, but yours, I submerge under it. Co-equal with the Father, but submerges underneath that. Can you see that? See, you, you might not think that's a big deal, but the reason you're going to heaven, the reason many of you got saved today and are born again and have eternal life was because Jesus submerged his mission under the Father's mission. And guess what? Now you have eternal life. How many are you grateful that Jesus didn't do like the first Adam say, well, why don't you come and do this yourself? Now, I'm not going to do that. Are you kidding me? Give up my life, spit in my face, rip my beard? Are you kidding me? How many thank God that Jesus put his will and equal with God, but submerged it so that you and I could be elevated to sit up in heavenly places and be called sons and daughters? How many are grateful for his submission to the Father? Isn't that amazing? See, wives, it's, submission is not about him. He's going to get his way. That's not what it's about at all. It's not about getting what he wants. It's about giving God what he wants. And when you give, listen, when you give your husband the respect that God wants, you give to him by submitting to his leadership. Guess what? You bring glory to God and the promises of God are going to start blessing your life and everybody around you. And I'll talk about that blessing being released here in just a second because it's really powerful. So here's what the Lord is saying to us. He's telling us. He's giving us a declaration. Wives, we're to empower the husband's position that God gave them. That God gave them. 
Here's the second thing. You ready for this? Write this down. Wives are to encourage their husband's process. Can we all say the word process for a moment? Just keep repeating that every time the spirit of stupid hits us, please. Because it does. I don't care. I can, I, can, I can speak in tongues. I can speak to thousands of people. But oh man, be under the anointing. And one spirit is stupid. I can say something to Brenda and everything just wipes out in that moment. Let me just say something. It is a process. All of us are in a process. And don't get frustrated in the process. We're not perfect. We're in a process. Now, I want you to go again to Colossians 3.18. Let's read this again. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands. And the King James uses as is fitting to the Lord. As is fitting to the Lord. Fitting means what is proper and what is right. Fitting means what is proper and what is right. Now, ladies, if you want to maximize your relationship with your husband and you want to see God's glory come and you want to see those promises start being released in ways you'd never dreamed, then I have one key question for you. What is the respectful thing to do towards your husband? What is the respectful thing? You are to respect your husband not because of what he does or how he performs or how he acts. You do it because of who God is and what God says. Because sometimes we don't perform right and we don't act right. No, you're kidding me. <laughs> Ladies, can I just kind of say this in this process? It's not so much what you say. It's how you say it. <laughs> can I just kind of put that out there? Now let me put this out for everybody. You will never, listen, a person will never hear you if you do not speak to them with some sense of respect and honor for them. I'm going to say this again. People are not going to listen to you the office place or on Facebook or any other place if you don't treat them with a sense of respect and honor. You say, well, look at their lifestyle. I know, but every human being is an image bearer of God himself. At least have the respect for that. I'm serious. I'm telling you. It's just not going to work. If you don't show some people some sense of respect or honor, it's not going to happen. You demean them. You may be, and you may be right. You may be absolutely right. You may be spot on. You might even have scripture to back it up, but they will not hear you and they will tune you out if you do not treat them with a sense of respect and some dignity. Selah. Voting 2022. Selah. Least respect people. And men, your wife cannot hear you if you constantly invoke insecure terms. If you're always critical about things in her life, she is not going to hear you. Do not. If you're speaking in terms where she's always thinking that you're going to leave her because you always keep dropping this term of insecurity that somehow you're going to walk out, somebody else paid attention to you, other people see me better, da, da. when you talk in insecure terms like that, you're going to make her insecure in the relationship either. How many know what we say and how we say it is extremely important? 
And this is just not for wives. This is for, come on, anywhere you go. People are in a process. Your husband's in a process. Encourage the process that God is taking them through. So here's a couple of things. Speak praise. Speak praise. Praise encourages your husband to lead. Praise encourages your husband to be the man of God. God wants him to be, even when he's not there yet. And I promise you, keep speaking that. Speak what he wants to be too, because he really wants to be that. It's because honor, kind of tell you what honor, honor is like oxygen in this world. If you take the oxygen out of this world, it dies. If you take the honor out of marriage, I'm telling you, it dies. And maybe, maybe I should even go this far to say this. Treat him like you would Jesus. Picture Jesus for a moment there and treat him like you would Jesus. You go, well, he doesn't act like Jesus. Well, maybe if you treat him like Jesus, maybe he'll start getting there because sometimes you got to see those things which be not as though they were. I honor. You say, well, you didn't act like Jesus. Well, let me just put it to you this way. Anybody can honor somebody who's perfect. I can do that. A heathen can do that. They can do that. And, and let me just say this. Nothing justifies an unloving husband. I'm, I'm going to tell you, ladies, nothing justifies an unloving husband. And I can also tell you, nothing justifies a dishonoring wife. Both ways. God is showing you the key to him becoming a great leader. He's becoming that. He's becoming that husband. He's becoming that man that wants to follow God. Help him in the process. And start by just speaking praise of the things that really are good about him. I'm not telling you to lie. But identify the things that he does good. If he brushes his teeth and still using Tic Tacs, I would praise him for that. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Too many times we are not praising for the littlest things in our spouse. And so all we can identify are the bad things. I've watched even Jesus followers do this. That you are so caught up on what you lost. You are so caught up on how you were offended. That God has all these other blessings over here. Like this morning you had to have breakfast. You got breakfast. You were able to take a hot shower. You were able to drive here. And not one of us thanked him for the hot shower. Or the food. Or the car that we could drive. And we didn't have to walk here. We get to walk into an air conditioned building. But we are so focused on what was wrong with the service and what's wrong with my spouse because we stop praising for the little bitty provisions that God has given and there are kisses being blown to you all day long and you reject them. It is the same thing in a marriage. Find the thing that you can find and praise him for it. It's like oxygen to him. In fact, do you know that's where God dwells? Do you know that reason that maybe your wife is that way and loves praise and your husband loves praise? Do you know why? It's because that's where God is. They're image bearers of God. People love praise. Look what, look what Psalm 22.3 says. Oh, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Look at that. Man was, God is enthroned in praise. He says, I, I'm attracted to when you are going, I love you, Lord. Thank you for the shower. Thank you for the car. Thank you that I could fill up the whole tank of gas and I didn't have to put just five bucks in because I don't have enough money to fill up my tank. Praise him for that. Because if you don't, you're going to focus on all the bad things in your life and blow past all the kisses God's been throwing you all day long. How horrible your parents are, and you've missed that you slept in a great bed last night. Oh, Jesus, it's getting quiet. If God was created that way, don't you think that your husband was created that way? Praises can motivate him. Well, 
He lives in this house. I don't praise him and he still lives here. No, he sleeps there, but his life is not there. His life isn't there. If he's not honored, speak praise over him. So you want to know why he spends so much time at the golf course than at home? You want to know why? Because someone said, great shot, man. And his buddy says it again. Oh, man. Great chip. Whoa. Man, you're getting better, man. You, you got par. Awesome. High five. Maybe that's the reason he spends more time at the golf course than he wants to be at home. Maybe the reason he's busting his rear 70 hours at work is because he hears a guy that's driving him all day long. And he said, man, hey, you made quota today, man. That way to go, dude, way to go. And now he thinks the only way I get affirmation is the kind of money I bring for this company. And at home, it's the first thing. You never is it. And you don't, no, 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 no. Speak praise to each other, everybody. Everybody say, speak praise. Oh my, am I digging too deep? Maybe, that's okay. Help him in the process. Speak peace over him. Speak peace over your spouse. Speak peace over your kids. What if he, what if he makes a mistake? <laughs> oh, he's going to make a mistake. He's going to make lots of them. You know, it's kind of like the saying. A wife's mistakes are many. But men have only two. Everything they say and everything they do. Speak peace over him because it's going to happen. I don't care how long you've been married. I don't care if you've been, I don't care married. It's going to happen. Make room for his failures. I'm not telling you not to sit there. Listen, you need to talk about serious issues. And even when there needs to be an intervention, when something is totally going south, I'm not telling you not to just, oh, just peace, let's let it go. No, no. There needs to be serious talks about that. But I'm telling you, sometimes we are digging on all those little bitty issues that that's all we could ever see. We don't even see the little bitty blessings and we start picking on things. I mean, we can just start. I mean, can you believe the things we hassle over like driving directions, you know? Well, this would have been shorter if you'd gone this way. I told you you should have listened to me. You should have gone this way. Just hey, Listen, ma'am, you're going to get there. It may be two hours later, but you're going to get there. <laughs> just let go of some things for crying out loud. Just respond in a proper way. Can I just say this? So many of us in this room so many of us in the room, we were not taught how to respond in a proper way. Some of you, all you heard was screaming in your house. And the only time that anything got done was when the dad began to shout and yell, then things got done. Or the wife began to throw and yell and start, you know, just throwing a fit. And that's the only time they seemed to get heard. And so your whole way you were taught was the only way you can be taught to get something done is when I finally raise my voice and it finally gets done. And so then what happens is that becomes the common communication where there is no peace, there is no quiet. It is constantly going on and 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 never taught to communicate right. So speak your position in a proper tone. If he's going the wrong way, pray. Just pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to change his heart. The Holy Spirit is the adjuster. And if you're wrong, ask the Holy Spirit to change your heart. Oh my Y'all still with me? Honor your husband where you want him to be, not where he is. Can y'all endure one more point? I think you can. Here's the last one. Wives, really, the reason why I say this is that blessing starts opening for you personally and for your husband and for your whole family. 
Because wives can engender heaven's promise. It can be loosed. Now, I want you to go to a past scripture with me in Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Now, remember this. Jesus is doing signs and wonders. And guess what? Jesus is invited to speak in his hometown, at his home church, okay, <laughs> if you will. He goes in there and starts teaching the word, and look how the people respond. They're looking for Messiah, but Jesus goes around to his home church. He says, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon, it's, isn't, isn't, isn't this who this is? Did, didn't I change his diaper in the nursery? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took, and they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his own relatives and his own, ho own household. He's saying the place where dishonor happens the most is the people closest to you. So it's real easy to happen. I don't care if you speak in tongues. It can happen real easy, even in your pastor's home. He says, watch for it, the dishonor. Watch this. And he could do no miracles there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now watch this. The scripture doesn't say that he wouldn't. He goes, oh, forget it. I'll tell you what, that lady right there, I'm just tell you something. I know she's out of my church, that woman there. She doesn't honor me. I'm going to tell you about that woman or gossip. I know everything about her. Look at the Jesus. He said, I don't, I'm not going to do nothing for her. That was what was said. It didn't say he wouldn't do it. It says he couldn't do it. Even if he tried, he could not because dishonor had come toward him. Watch this, everybody. He did not because they did not have the faith because faith is always connected to honor and respect. And Jesus says, I cannot. He says, it's not I cannot. It's, it's and he would not. He says, it can't happen. Miracles can't happen because there's dishonor and respect here among the people I know and even my relatives in my own household. I can't perform signs and wonders here in this house. Miracles can't happen. Now listen. If dishonor and respect kept Jesus and he could not do miracles, he wanted to, but he couldn't because of dishonor and respect. What miracles are not happening in homes and marriages right now because there's dishonor and respect? There's lack of it. You could possibly be living and sitting beside a man with potential spiritual greatness, but it'll never happen because there's no honor or respect. When you honor, blessings are released. I want everybody to say that out loud with me, would you? Come on. When you honor, blessings are released. Let me show you this. Under this heaven's promise, blessings are starting to be released on the family. I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5, and I want you to see this about Sarah and Abraham. Now watch this. It says, in the, in, in, for in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves being submissive to their own husbands. Just as Sarah called Abraham, uh, just by, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now I know what you guys are saying right now. Are you telling me that I gotta call him Lord? No, let me tell you, let me explain it just for a minute here, okay? I want you to see something. Out there beauty is about the kind of makeup you have, the kind of clothes you wear, the kind of car you drive, the kind of figure you have. That is the trappings of what this world says is beauty. 
And the disciple Peter said, I'm gonna, we're going to redo the model because we got a messed up model here. He said the most attractive, beautiful thing about a woman is her ability to honor God and to honor and respect her husband. He says it is, she is a knockout. Because a man can sit there and have him a bombshell woman right beside him, but if she does not respect him, I'm going to tell you, it is hideous to that man. I don't care how good looking they are and vice versa. I don't care how ripped he is. If he has no respect and honor for her, she will none do it. She don't care how hot, he, every, how hot every other woman thinks he is. But he said the most attractive and beautiful thing to a world because they desire it is that model of they submit to the Lord and to each other. Now watch this. Sarah's name before God added the H was Sarai. And the word Sarai was, means contentious. She was a contentious woman. Names were given because they were contentious. Sarah, after the covenant that God made with them, she became Sarah, the breath of God, which means princess. He turned her from contentious to princess. How many know God can change all of us? Amen? Now, why would she be named contentious? Watch this. She was upset at her husband. You want to talk about mistakes? Let's talk about the mistakes. He took her from her own homeland. He took her away from mom and daddy and everybody. He took her away. She was upset with him. Then on the journeys, he went through hostile territory. Watch this. Twice, he told her to pose as his sister and not his wife. Because during that time, if a man had a wife, many kings would kill the husband and take the wife as his own. So he, losing courage, said, tell everybody you're my sister. Twice. Twice. Once they were discovered, and the guy said, why did you do this? You're going to get us all killed. Twice. He had lacked courage and said, you tell them you're my sister, not my wife. They're going to kill me. I'm trying to save my neck here. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the next time the two of them got together? He's feeling a little frisky. <laughs> and she knows, you took me from my homeland and twice you had me lie because you wanted to save your own neck and you lacked courage to, make a, to say who I was. And now he's feeling frisky. <laughs> hey, let's go fulfill that promise, baby. And she says, oh, not tonight, brother. Ain't nothing happening that night, buddy. Let me tell you. My point is, ma'am, let me just show you this. There's a lot of blessings that the enemy wants to get you off of to zero in on those big mistakes. Now watch this. Watch this. This guy made a lot of bad decisions. But she also knew this man was trying his best to follow God, and he did. And in Genesis chapter 18, verse 12, the reason 1 Peter says it, is that Sarah submitted to her husband's calling to be a husband, and she chose to invoke the word and call him Lord. What she was expressing was her confidence that he is the priest of this home, that he's doing his best to lead, even after so many bad decisions. I still recognize God's hand on him in the midst of all his flaws, and I surrender to God and to the leadership that he is trying to provide. Watch this. Do you know what happened? The moment after that scripture happened, do you know what happened? Here she was 90 years old and he's 100 years old. They hadn't had any kids and they're trying to have a baby. They're trying to have a miracle. But she honors him by saying, Lord. Watch this. The moment she did that, then you read in the scripture that her dead womb 
came alive at 90 years old and at 100 years of age, he is dead seed. He's 100 trying to have a baby. You may not think that's a very big miracle, but I don't see any of you senior citizens trying to pull this off today. Watch this. Are you listening to this? And the moment respect and honor hit that house, the thing that was dead in her husband came alive and the thing that was dead in her came alive. And right now, I know there's some of you going, this marriage is dead, it's over, it's over. I'm giving up, I'm tired of the process, but I'm saying to you, if you will continue to honor God's word and continue to submerge yourself under God and say, God, help me my best to speak praise, to speak honor, to speak and hold through this process, can I tell you, as you submit under God's mission, you raise his mission up, I'm going to tell you, the dead things that you think will never come to life can come back to life when everybody says, it's over, it's done, it can come back to life. The seed can come alive. The womb can come alive. And you're going to give birth to brand new things you never dreamed you give birth to. So today, I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, to speak life to the dead things in this room. Relationships that are dead. Focusing so much on the flaws that you cannot see the blessing of God all around you to speak praise. How many of you believe, friends, we're going to start seeing God bring blessing and favor on your house and your life as you surrender to God and surrender to those that God put around you in authority and in direction? Mm, this is for everybody. So how many say we just submit to the Lord and say, God, we give it all to you right now? Come on, let's stand together.